Hallelujah. All right, fam. I am a wee bit excited about this here word. How many people um, last week? I think last week was the first installment, walking in fullness. Last week, did it did it bless you? Did it? Did it impart something to you? <clears throat> good, good, good. Those two, those two baths, oil of myrrh and oil of the perfume. One's meant to highlight something, but then it prepares me for the next one. So uh, today we're going into uh, walking in fullness part two. So this this will be the uh, second installment. <clears throat> I got um got a few scriptures that that we're gonna roll with. Um, we're going to camp out, though, in Matthew 15, so everybody can uh, go ahead and turn there. Uh, if, you're a note, if you're a note taker, you'll just uh, take notes for all the rest of them. But Matthew 15 is where we're going to spend most of our time. So, again, uh, walk, walking in fullness, what, what, what are we talking about? If you remember back um, New Year's Eve, we, uh, the Lord prompted us coming out of Deuteronomy 8. We was we gave a warning that was attached to fullness. He gave a warning attached to fullness of prosperity. He said, when you are full or when you have become full and prosperous and you've built fine homes and everything else that goes into prosperity, be careful. Be careful that you don't let that drag you away from how you got there in the first place to where you would say that I got this because I'm so good. I got this because I work so hard. I got this because I put in my time and everything else that we might say. There's, there, there's a warning that's against that. And for him to say, when you come into fullness and prosperity, gives me the assurance that I'm actually headed that direction. So it's not an if. It's not a maybe. I'm actually headed that direction. But there's a lifestyle that matches walking in fullness. I can't walk in my days of not being full when I get to full. I can't walk and behave the same way. So there's a pattern, there's a way that we're supposed to walk in fullness. So that's how we've gotten into where, where we're at uh, here now. And uh, we're going to be in Matthew 15. And the, the thought that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use for today, I don't do this every Sunday, have a thought, but it kind of stuck out today for today. The thought is a seed is what I need. A seed is what I need. That's the thought for today that, that we're going to be conversating around. A seed is what I need. Because we're going to find out as we go on this journey that if I got a seed, I actually got everything that I asked for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we finna, we finna do it. If I got a seed, I actually got everything that I asked for. Yeah. I'm, tr I'm trying to, like, pace myself. I want to just jump out at y'all right now, but I'm trying to pace myself with it. Trying to pace myself. So Matthew 15. Uh, we, won't, we won't start there now. I got, I got the list of scriptures in the way that I want it, but you guys go to Matthew 15. But let's pray right quick. Father, you've been so good. <laughs> it's been, 
Sometimes I feel like we need a word better than good, but you use good in the scripture to describe yourself, so it's, it's good. And we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your greatness. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. We thank you for your presence. Thank you, God, for the, the shifting in the heart, the shifting in the mind, the shifting in perceptions, everything that has happened today. I don't feel like the same person I was when I walked in this morning because of your presence, and I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for you stretching me, growing me, evolving me, and I thank you that I believe I can speak and say the same for everyone else that has been in the presence with me. And now as we are about to embark on this journey in the scriptures, Holy Spirit, we make space for you. You are the master teacher. You are the master communicator. You authored as well as stood by the author as he was speaking this into existence. So you know it a lot better than me. And I make myself available to you, Holy Spirit. Use me. Help me say it like you gave it to me. Help me preach it like you gave it to me. So that all of us, everyone here, everyone watching, can walk away stronger than when the moment first began. We thank you for this time. Thank you for hearing us. Thank you for building us up in this time of instruction. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. 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 Thank you, Ryan. Let's, uh, let's do a little bit. Do a little bit. Seed is what I need. Yo, I did not realize it was that time. Y'all be taking up all the time with y'all. With y'all's worshiping God selves. Just taking up all the time like that. Walking in fullness. Let's go. Zechariah, Zechariah chapter 4. Tristan, give me, go ahead and give me that first one. A seed is what I need. This is verse 9. Give a little context. Um, Zechariah is one of the uh, minor prophet books. You might not have spent a lot of time in it. Might not have even known it was, it was in there. But his book was written around the time where the temple is being rebuilt. So the temple uh, of the Lord is being rebuilt because it got torn down uh, in a war. And now we're in that time to where uh, it's, it's being rebuilt. This is also the time of uh, the book of Nehemiah, the book of Ezra. You might have heard of those books. This is kind of around that same time. And this is just a verse that, that, that I want to pull out because that they got this massive project of rebuilding the temple again. This is a massive project because the temple wasn't, wasn't a small house. This this was a this was a massive project, and it wasn't being built back to the uh, original specifications, but it it was being rebuilt still. So verse nine, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands shall also finish it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. Verse ten. This is what I want. For who has despised the day of small things? For these seven rejoice to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. They are the eyes of the Lord, which scan to and fro throughout the earth. Hold, hold right there, Tristan. For who has despised the day of small things? For these seven rejoice that the plumb line is in the hand of Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel was the governor. Uh, of Judea at, at this time. So he's not, he's not the prophet. He's not the one necessarily representing God, but he's uh, one of the partners in this project. And this verse is telling us that he has a single plumb line in his hand. 
He's got a single plumb line in his hand. And that is, that is a representation of the fact that the journey in building this massive project is on its way. But if they weren't able to view and see it in the proper context, then they were going to despise the day of small things. And how many times in our life have we been on a journey, been on our way, and had a small thing but despised it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm just going to wait because I know I'm going to get a head nod somewhere. I had, I had something small, but I couldn't see it for what it was. And this, and this verse right here and the, and the others that we're about to go into is giving us an understanding that just because something's small, just because something is, is down in size, doesn't mean that it doesn't hold a significant value. Because if I got a single plumb line, the seven were rejoicing to actually see the plumb line, not the plumb lines. Not the massive work that's been completed in the foundation. Not, not the fact that stage two of the project has been done. We got an engineer right here, Elder Johnny. He knows, he knows what I'm talking about here. If, if you just got something going and moving, you're actually headed in a certain direction. They were headed in the direction of getting the temple rebuilt. But because I'm starting somewhere small, if I'm not careful, I will despise it as if I'm not going anywhere. As if there's no progression and no movement that's happening. And how many times within my life as I'm going toward the plan and purpose of God, as I'm moving toward what it is to walk in a sense of fullness, I start in a small place because more times than not, God is going to make me start in a small space, make me start in a small space, make me start with a small group, make me start in a small capacity and will test to see if I'm going to despise that or not. Treat it as different. Treat it as less passionate. Give it less passion. Give it less effort. This is, this is where, where we get from despise not the day of small beginnings. I think that might be King James vernacular. Despise not the day of small beginning. Because whether it's small or not, I'm still at the beginning. And if I'm at a beginning, a beginning is always telling a story that there's an end. A beginning as an announcement that there will be an end. And when I'm in the space of the small beginning, that is a time and an opportunity for me to be able to rejoice, showing me that the seed is what I need. Give, give, me, give, me, the, uh, give me the next verse, uh, Tristan. I think it's uh, Matthew 13. This is talking about the kingdom. This is Jesus, uh, Matthew 13, 31 through 32. Then Jesus taught them another parable. Heaven's kingdom realm, this Passion Translation, heaven's kingdom realm can be compared to the tiny mustard seed that a man takes and plants in his field. Although the smallest of all the seeds, it eventually, grows into the greatest of garden plants, becoming a tree for birds to come and build their nests in its branches. Although the smallest of all the seeds, it eventually grows into the greatest of garden plants, becoming a tree for birds to come and build their nests in its branches. This man 
had to know what he had in his hand. He had to know. Because he, he planted it in his field. I'm going to plant it in my field knowing that eventually. Now that eventually, that's, that's a hard one. Because it's, oh, it's so easy for me to belt it out and preach it to y'all. It, it flows off my lips very, very smoothly and easily. But in the, in the seat of eventually. Mm -hmm. in, in, the, in the time and the space and the weight of eventually. If I'm not careful, despising will rise up in me. Despising will rise up in me and, con and convince me that what I have is nothing at all. Especially when I am looking at it in comparison to somebody else's big. When I'm looking at it in comparison to somebody else's, they got what I'm going after. And, and in, and in the, the world's mentality and, and the, the Babylonian system, the, the world's mind frame, if I see somebody else that has what I'm going after, if I have not been renewed in how I think, I will think they got that at my expense, meaning that there's not enough to go around and they got so I can't. That is the spirit of despise. So then I can have something that is a real blessing that's going to bring real breakthrough that eventually is going to do and produce what God said is going to do and produce. But because I cannot value the seed. Because I can't value the seed. Because I can't value greatness at a small level. The despise can rise up, and I'll miss the opportunity for it to rise up and not only rise up in a real way, but rise up so much so that it takes care of what it needs to take care of for me and somebody else can nest in it if they want to. Because what God has called for us to have and to be in walking in a true sense of fullness is not just for me and mine. How, how dare me call it a vision from God and a vision from heaven and it ends with you and your family. That is a mockery of heaven. Absolute mockery. I've heard from so many people so many times. They tell their vision, they tell their aspiration and it ends with them. No impact on the world. No impact on the community. No impact on family members outside of your address. That's not from God. That's from ambition. Selfish ambition at that. Because anything that comes from God is always going to have generations in mind. This church is God's dream. And when I am gone, it's going to continue to reverberate in the earth. Because it's God's dream. For this to end, once my family, uh, once my family is no longer pastoring here or whatever, would be an absolute tragedy. And then I can't call it a dream from God. And with what it is that's within our heart, we got we have to do the homework and do the space to make sure that whatever it is that God is saying, or that I have claimed that God has said to me. 
that I've claimed that God wants me to have. I have to make sure that generations are in mind with this. And when generations are in mind with this, that gives me the, the fuel that I need that in a small space and in a, a, in a beginning time, I won't quit and I won't leave and I won't back out because I know that there are generations that are going to reap from this if I'm able to hold on in the eventually space. Because somebody's got a nest in this. Somebody's got a nest in what's in you. The seed that's been planted in you. The seed that God has given to you. The seed of vision that God has set inside of you. Somebody's got a nest in it. So we need you to hold on in the day of small beginning and not despise what you have. But have a sense of value and gratefulness and appreciation for what it is that you have. Where it is that you have started. Who it is that God's got around you now. Knowing that in the eventually you are going to see what God said you're going to see. I'm going to see it, but I just might be in the beginning stage right now. I just might be in that beginning moment right now. So we, we, we tracking with that? Okay. Now, let's keep, let's keep going. Give me uh, Mark chapter 4, please. Mark chapter 4, this is verse 3, uh, verse 3 through 8. I'm reading this just to give the context uh, of seed and where, where we're going uh, with the seed to, to make my point of what, what we're calling seed. Consider this, a farmer went out to sow seeds. Verse 4. As he cast his seeds, some of it fell along the beaten path, and soon the birds came and ate it up. Other seeds fell onto gravel with no topsoil, and the seeds quickly sprouted since the soil had no depth. But when the days grew hot, the sprouts were scorched and withered because they had insufficient roots. Other seeds fell among the thorns, so when the seeds sprouted, so did the thorns, crowding out the young plants so that they could produce no grain. But some of the seeds fell onto good, rich soil, so they kept producing a good harvest, yielded 30, 60, and 100 times as much as was planted. Now go to uh, verse 14. That's, that's going to give me what I, what I need. All right, so what we just read was Jesus talking about the uh, parable of the sower who sowing seed. Verse 14 is him going into the explanation, but I just want this first verse because I just need this statement right here. The farmer sows the word as seed. That's what he was talking about. Going back to the beginning, a seed is what I need. Because if I got the seed, I got what it is. That everything else is going to be comprised of. The farmer sows the word as seed. Question. Do you have a word? Do you have a word? Not a sermon. Not a waiting for me or whoever's up here to say something. Do you have a word? What has God said? What has God spoken? That needs to be defended and guarded at all costs. What has God said? Because if I don't have anything that God has said, I have no seed. And if I have no seed, I have nothing to plant. And if I have nothing to plant, I have no expectation for something to come up. 
I didn't plan anything because it didn't have anything. Now, at, it, at its most basic way of getting this done, we open the word and we read. Heard from uh, Bill Johnson, pastor at uh, Bethel Church in California. He said, I read till God talks to me. I read till something's highlighted. When something's highlighted, when something is highlighted and impressed upon you and impressed upon your heart, there's your word. There's your word. The dream and the aspiration that, that, that God has given to you that needs to come from a space and a place where you can find its foundation and undergird it in the word, in the book. Which means I have to have relationship with it. To be able to navigate and have a sense of confidence in what it is that God has spoken to me. So that's, that's the word. So that, that's the seed that we're going after. We must have a word. We've got to have, got to have a seed. Now, this is where, this is where we're about to camp. This is where I told y'all to turn. So I was building, building a framework there so that we can rest here. Matthew 15, 21 through 28. So let's do, let's do that. All right. Verse uh, 21. Then Jesus left and went north into the non-Jewish region of Lebanon. He encountered there a Canaanite woman who screamed out to him, Lord, son of David, show mercy to me. My daughter is horribly afflicted by a demon that torments her. But Jesus never answered her. So his disciples said to him, why do you ignore this woman who is crying out to us? Another translation that the disciples kept begging Jesus to send her away. Send her away. Bothering us, getting on our nerves. Please send her away. Jesus said, I've only been sent to the lost sheep of Israel. But she came and bowed down before him and said, Lord, help me. Verse 26, Jesus responded, it's not right for a man to take bread from his children and throw it to the dogs. Mm. 27, you're right, Lord, she replied. But even puppies get to eat the crumbs that fall from the prince's table. 28. Then Jesus answered her, dear woman, your faith is strong. What you desire will be done for you. And at that very moment, her daughter was instantly set free from demonic torment. Now, I want us to camp out here a little bit and just dissect it, going through verses and whatnot. So beginning. We got a woman who is a Lebanese or from Lebanon, Canaanite, meaning she is not in the Jewish fold, Jew and Gentile. Remember that those, those, those were the dominant races in, in biblical times. You were a Jew or non-Jew, a Jew or Gentile. That's just how it was. Anything that wasn't Jew, you just, you're just a non-Jew. So you got a non-Jew woman. Women were already second, second class in this time. So she's a woman and she's not a Jew. Two strikes against her from the jump. And she approaches Jesus and the disciples because she's got a need. And look at how, look at how she addresses them. 
in, in, uh, in verse uh, 22, when it says, Lord, Lord, son of David, show mercy to me. My daughter is horribly afflicted by a demon that torments her. So she addresses him as Lord, son of David, and she is not a part of the clique, and she is not a part of the crew. So this woman had to have a word within her already because of her pursuit of Jesus with the expectation that he would be able to resolve her problem. So she's already got something at work within her. In other words, she came to him with a seed. She came and approached the situation with a seed already within her heart. A seed that got her to the conclusion that this is the Lord, this is the son of David, this is not just some magician that we see on the street. This is not just someone that's performing these tricks and, tr and this trickery trying to get my money out of me or something like that. This guy is the real deal. And she approaches him and he ignored her. Like, like you, you ain't here right now. She comes in desperation that the seed that I got is going to bring me to the conclusion that this man is going to take care of because I've seen him be compassionate. I've seen him in his joy. I've seen him in how he addresses people. So surely because of the, of the downtroddenness of my situation, he is going to take care of it. Although I know that I got two strikes against me. I know that I got this seed and I got enough within this seed that he's going to take care of this. And he didn't even recognize it. Walked right by her. Bringing up my first point. What do we do when we feel like the seed is ignoring us? When, when, I, when I'm holding on to something that God has surely given me. Because she couldn't get to this place of revelation and knowing who the Lord was and knowing him to be the son of David just by her uh, thinking about it and her smarts and reading. Because we know that no man can come unto, come unto the Lord, say the, say the spirit draw. So there had to be a drawing of some kind that took place by the spirit of God to lead her into this place. In other words, the, the Holy Spirit gave her a seed, gave her a word, gave her something that she's able to take and have within her heart. And we have the same thing that happens with us when God gives us a seed. But what happens when I feel ignored by it? When I feel ignored. When I'm decreeing and declaring and ain't nothing moving. When I'm progressing in what it is that I know to do and what it is that I know to say and what it is that I know to pray and what it is that I know to behave and nothing's moving. Being ignored. Walking right by me. As if I'm not there. Walking right by me. As if you don't see me. We can hit those moments when as I'm holding on to the seed and learning to walk in fullness and learning to, to walk in an appreciation for my seed that I feel ignored. 
I feel like nothing's happening. I feel like nothing is 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 going my way. Nothing is going in the direction that that I plan. And I got I got my one year goal and my five year goal, and I'm getting up earlier and I'm doing all these things that I know to do. But there's still this sense of of resistance. This resistance. Because that's that's, that's what she ran into. She ran into a resistance from the Lord because she she so but in in her approaching him she was met with resistance first but she kept moving with what she knew to be true about him although he himself was not displaying the character that she knew to be true because while carrying something great inside of something seemingly small I am going to go through periods where I am ignored and insulted I am ignored and I am insulted. So she's ignored. Help me, Lord. My daughter is afflicted. No response. And got the side talk of the disciples. Please get rid of her, Jesus. Please get her out of here. She is not supposed to be in the mix. She is not supposed to be in this space. She is not supposed to be in this place showing us that there are signs that there are signs and times when life is going to squeeze me to get me to stop going after what I'm going after life will put the vice grip squeeze on me to say it, it doesn't make a difference what you're doing anyway look at where you still are you still got the issue been praying for years and they still can't get up like you want them to. It's still not healed. It's still not breaking through. It's still not broken through. I feel like my seed's ignoring me. And then, after that, she comes at him again. Lord, help me. And I had to remind God of what he said. Lord, your word said that by your stripes I'm healed. Lord, your word said that you will supply all my needs according to your riches and glory. I didn't say this stuff, Lord. Your word said this. Your word gave me this. Your word, your word is the whole reason why I got a hope or aspiration in the first place. I did not know that this stuff was even possible. I didn't even know that I could go and, and live this kind of life or aspire to something higher if you didn't even talk to me to tell me that that was possible. But now that you've told me that, now I got this hope within me and then I'm bringing this seed to you and you're ignoring me. You're ignoring me. So she comes back at him again saying, Lord, help me. Help me. This is going into the second part of being insulted. Lord, help me. This is uh, verse 26 is Jesus' response. It's not right for a man to take bread for his children and throw it to the dogs. To the dogs. Have you ever felt insulted? Or humiliated by his word over your life. By the vastness of the size difference between what he said 
and where you find yourself now. Have, we, have, you ever, have you ever felt an insult come by that? And an insult that can rise, one, in me, but then, two, when I start getting other people involved with what God told me. And revealing to them what God told me, and then I put a time frame on it, and God didn't come through. Ooh, it's tight in here. I must be like, I must be on it. And ain't nobody shouting or nothing. I'm digging into you. I'm digging into you. Insulted. It's not right for me to take this bread and give it to the dogs. I'm, I'm, I'm going to the house of Israel first. You're not a part of that. So because you're not a part of that, it's unfit for me to put you in line ahead of that. Now, mind you, she has a seed. That's what gave her the courage to even come in the presence of all these men in the first place. She's got something within her. She's got a seed within her. She's got an aspiration within her that has told her that what you need He's got it. I seen him do it. I seen him do it for everyone else. Probably more than likely at this point in the journey, she has seen it be done for non-Jewish people. And I'm in that same category. She ain't the only non-Jewish woman that came to Jesus. So perhaps she's seen all these different things be done already for someone else that's in her category, yet she gets into the presence, asks for something that is not uncommon to be asked for, and she walks away with an insult. What happens when the word that God has put in you, that you know is true, mocks you? mocks you you might as well quit you know as good as well as I do it's a waste of time this ain't coming to pass it's unfit for the dogs it's unfit but in the insult, one of the things that I think was happening is that it was going to highlight something in her to see that despite what it is that is said of her, that is true. Not in the sense that she is a dog, but in the sense that she is unfit because of her race as well as her gender. So she's got these factors and different things that are impacting her that she can't help. She didn't ask to be non-Jew. She didn't ask to be a woman. So she's got these things that are working against her. The Lord addresses and highlights that in a true fashion. Not in a disrespectful tone, but in a true fashion. This is something that's really real and that's really working against you. Yet even in the presence of that, 
can you still hold on to the seed? In the presence of things that I know I might not be doing right. I know I haven't gained a, a, a full overcomingness over it. I know I don't have every T crossed and every I dotted. I know that there are things that are still being a work in progress, but just because that might be the case does not mean that there's not a seed that hasn't been given to me. And as long as I have a seed, I have all that I need. I have all that I need. She had all that she needed that, it, that has gotten her to this space and to this place in the journey. Because she's at the house. We didn't see this, but just think with me. She's at the house with her daughter who is terribly tormented. She has nothing else that she can do. There is this renegade rabbi preacher who is just turning the towns upside down and is healing everybody that comes into his presence he is a Jew but I have seen non-Jewish people around him and seen how he dines with sinners and wine bibbers and everybody else that other people hate I have seen how they flock to him and how he cares for them because he calls them wandering sheep without a shepherd so now I have the confidence in me that has been built up that perhaps there is a moment and an opportunity that finally I have been waiting on that if I can get around him and give him the need that, that, that I have and lay it out before him that he is going to take care of this and there's a spark that comes up within her she gets up the courage to be the only woman in that mix be the only woman in that presence come before everyone come before every man that's in there other men are trying to get rid of her she comes with the knee comes with the seed in hand and she is ignored and insulted but knowing how God will work situations I would dare say that that was exactly on purpose to see how deep the seed ran is this something that just got thrown on your topsoil because you just happened to be in the service and you were there with all the hype. And it built no root. Because if the seed built no root, all I got to do is just insult you one time and you go. All I got to do is offend you one time. Do something that gets on your nerves. Do something that makes you mad and you out. It ain't in you. It ain't in you. It hadn't dug its root deep enough. Have something not go your way one time, you go on for three weeks. No, nobody hear from you. It ain't in you enough. It's not in you. Then there was the one where it went on, onto the ground and, and, and it did not get enough root. And it was because, let me see, let me see, let me, let me make sure I get, let me make sure I get that. I think it was in a Mark, Mark chapter 4 where it was talking about the, the, uh, the thorns that, that come up. I got I to gotta read it to you right. Make sure I read it to you right. Matter of fact, Tristan, give me, uh, give me Mark 4, uh, 14, please. You might, you might get that before I do. Yes, sir. There we go. All right, so let me explain. The farmer sows the word as seed. Next verse. 
And what falls on the beaten path represents those who hear the word, but immediately Satan appears and snatches it from their hearts. Next verse. The seed sown on gravel represents those who hear the word and receive it joyfully. But because their hearts fail to sink a deep root into the word, they don't endure for long. For when trouble or persecution comes on account of the word, on account of the seed, not because you bad, not because you didn't do something right, not because you didn't do something in an orderly fashion, on account of the word that you got. Trouble and persecution makes its way known. Trouble and persecution shows up to insult you so that you get insulted enough that you bail out on the word. That you bail out, that you abandon ship on the word and you leave. On account of the word, they immediately wilt and fall away. Immediately wilt and fall away. Could it be that the eventually and the push and the difficulty and the hard time is only there because I got something that God actually told me. Because I got something that God told me. And on account of the word, I am going to take this pressure and this trouble and this persecution. And I'm going to do my best, the enemy says, to squeeze that word out of you. Squeeze it right out of you. Because if I can squeeze it right out of you, you go. And then now another household has been put in shambles. Now another life will take its awesome heaven-sent treasure straight to the grave. And the world will never be able to see the greatness that was put inside because I let, I let trouble and persecution squeeze the word right out of me. Insult came when the opposite happened from what she was going after because she was not going after being called a dog. She was not going after being addressed that way. Very, very sure it shocked her when she was addressed like that. Because this is this is this is lamb stroking Jesus. This ain't this ain't a, 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 a smart mouth cheating tax collector, that kind of character. We expect that kind of talk to come from that kind of character. We don't expect to be called a dog. By the lamb, by the by the crying for Lazarus character but knowing that God serves a purpose in everything that he would cause to happen I see some of y'all's faces y'all thinking deep on this one this, this, this is a good one this is a good one knowing that God has an intended purpose for everything that he brings in could it be He's just trying to see how deep this thing runs. Let me, let me, let me test that. 
You say you got something from me. Let me check that. Let me check that. You say you believe. Okay. Let me check that. You say you in. I'm in it to win it. I ain't going nowhere. Okay. But knowing that when he brings the test to see how deep this goes, he is building me up and giving me space and opportunity to be fit for when the thing sprouts. Because if I still got roots that have not dug deep enough, if a wind that is strong enough comes, it is going to blow me over. There ain't enough songs for me to sing my way out of that. Ain't enough shouting that can be done. When we're done with shouting and we're done with singing and we're done with all of the calisthenics that we use in the church, you must have something running deep. I got to have something running deep. So she went through the process of being annoyed and insulted. Lord, I got this problem with my daughter. She's horribly afflicted. If you could just do anything. Won't let go. Lord, please help me. Now, mind you, he wasn't even talking to her. He was talking about her in her presence. When he said, y'all know it's not fit for me to take the bread and throw it, to, throw it to the dogs. I'm, I'm, I want us to feel the disrespect that's happening. I need us to feel the moment. Yet she's still held on to the seed because here's what happened next so she went through being ignored she went through being insulted and then from there we see her response give me uh 20 give me 26 20 26 27 of mark uh i mean matthew 15 excuse me matthew 15 let's go back there i'm, I'm wrapping up yes sir thank you jesus responded it's not right for a man to take bread for his children, throw it out to dogs, twist it. You're right. You're right. I don't, I don't dispute anything that you brought up. I can't, I can't make an argument there. Can't do it. But even puppies get to eat the crumb that fall from the prince's table. So she went from being ignored, being insulted, to having a production of insight, inspiration, and intellect rise up in her. Because she said that you're right, but even the puppies to have the crumbs. Now, if we're talking about bread, 
I went over this with my wife last night because I didn't want to sound foolish up here with listing ingredients. So you got flour, some breads have sugar, you got yeast, you got some, some water in there, and you got a myriad of other things. And all of this leads toward a loaf. She said, I don't need a whole loaf. All I need is a crumb. Now, if I got all this in the loaf, what's in the crumb? If I got all this in the finished product, if I got all this in the finished thing that I'm going after that God told me that I was going to have, that God told me was going to break forth out of my life, if I got that, I got this right here in that, she said all I need is a crumb because the same genetic makeup that makes the loaf made the crumb. If I got a crumb, I got everything I need because I didn't miss out on nothing. I still got everything else. I have not missed out on something because I have something in a seed form. My marriage might be in a seed form right now, but you didn't miss out on nothing because you got the same ingredients that makes the loaf. If I have a seed version of my dream and a seed version of aspiring to where God told me I was going to go, I didn't miss out on nothing. Because I have a crumb. God didn't shortchange me by giving me a crumb. Because in the crumb is the same makeup as the loaf. When I pray to God and God gives me something in a seed, he gave me everything that I asked for because locked within the seed is the tree. I can count how many acorns, how many apples fall from an oak tree or an apple tree. I can count that. But if I slice open the apple. And I hold the seeds in my hand. You can't tell me how many apples I'm holding. You can't do it. You cannot tell me how many apples I'm holding. If I'm holding an acorn, you cannot tell me how many trees are in my hand. Which is why we're not supposed to despise small beginnings. Because you don't know what you're holding. You don't know what you're holding. And when I despise it and dishonor it and disrespect it and treat it as casual. I am short circuiting the potential that I am holding. 
I have to constantly remind myself of this at this stage in our journey as a church. And make sure that every time I come before y'all and the few of us that are in here that I preach my heart out every time and I scream my voice out and I sweat and I holler and I will not treat it as anything different just cause there's a few of us in here and in the day if God sees fit to give us thousands I will be right here preaching my heart out in the same way so that those of us who were here in the beginning can say he ain't changed He was the same dude back then. He preached his heart out to us. I said, we'll not dishonor where we are. And it's the same thing that we have to take in our individual lives. Don't dishonor where you are right now. Yes, it might be a small beginning, but locked within the ingredient of the small beginning is the same thing that makes up the end. All I need is a crumb, she said. Oh, wait a minute. Your faith is strong. Because you get it. You, get, you got what you asked for. And at that very moment, the Bible says, her daughter was free. What do you have? Right now. You've got a seed. And if you have a seed, you've got enough to get you to where you need to go. You got his word. He told you, he told you something. But beware of the troubles and persecutions that will come to squeeze out your being convinced that God actually says something to you. Be wary of the trouble and persecution to try and make you complain and dishonor what you have right now. Because if we got a seed, we got what we need. If I got a seed, I got what I need. Because his seed is the word. So if I got his word, I got what I need. Put your hands together. Let's celebrate the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. I dismiss you. Whew. Thank you, Lord. If I got a seed. I got what I need. So, Lord, that was a lot of seed that was thrown out today. And we say thank you. Thank you for the encouragement. Thank you for the reminder. Thank you for the insight that when we have a seed, we've got what we need. And I thank you, God, that the seed has the power within it to manifest that which you said it would. And I thank you, Father, for this time in your presence. Thank you, God, for causing this word to resonate within us, to, for us to meditate on it throughout the week and allow it to produce something that is deep-rooted and that is stuck within us, that when winds blow, we will not be moved. I bless your people, Lord.
that you bless them, keep them, cause, their faith, cause your face to shine upon them, establish them, give them peace, Lord. Cause something amazing to happen in their life this week in Jesus' name. Somebody shout amen. Amen. You are dismissed. We will see you next week. Love you.